Welcome and thank you for visiting us for today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis, pastor and overseer of Zion Word Ministries International. For more information about Zion Word, please visit us online at zwmi.com. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12. We're going to start there tonight. Buried with him in baptism. Everybody say that's not water. Hallelujah. Wherein you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. Who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins. And the uncircumcision of your flesh. Has he quickened together with him. We've been made alive with Christ. Is Christ living tonight? Then so are we. Having forgiven you all trespasses. All of them. All in the Greek means every single one. He has forgiven us all our trespasses. That don't make us happy. I had a lot of them piled up on me. Like a turtle humped over, you know. But God took them all away. Delivered me from all my trespasses. How can we not serve God? The way he did this, he did it by verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. In other words, we were guilty, condemned, with no hope. God loved us. He blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. He's talking to the believers. Which was contrary to us. Took it out of the way. Nailing it to the cross. So what happened at the cross of Calvary was for our benefit. Amen. One of the blessings of the crucifixion of the Son of God was that he did indeed take the ordinances that condemned us and nailed it to his cross. He left it there. Amen. He left it there. There is no ordinances against the child of God today. Amen. Now, they can... Resurrect if you backslide and get out into the world and begin to live a life of the ungodly. You know, they seem to pop up again. But if we stay in the grace of God and keep the faith, then you, how can you lose? You, you can't lose. You got it made. Now, I begin to do a little research about the law in the Old Testament. And of course, here we are dispensational thinking. Covenant intertwined, of course. But in the Old Covenant, they, the law escalated to 613 written or verbal commandments. And you had to keep every one of them. Uh, you was guilty, and the penalty was death. It wasn't just the Ten Commandments. There were 613. Some were linked to the Ten Commandments, and some were man-made. But the point is, nobody could keep them. Except one. Glory to God. 
In the Old Testament, obedience would bring a blessing. In contrast, disobedience would bring a curse. Well, that's still valid for today. See? But we operate under a different set of rules. The reason I could say no one could keep the commandments was because everyone broke them. Moses lost his temper. Huh? Anger is like murder. So you see, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one, the prophet said. Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. All we. He cleared himself. But the next verse says, but we have returned to the bishop of our souls. We are like lost sheep gone astray. There is one that kept all the rules, all the regulations, and it pleased God. Not only did Jesus have to go to the cross and suffer and bleed and die for you and me so that we could be atoned for, but he had to also keep every law without exception. If he would have broke one, then he wouldn't have been qualified to be the Savior. Now, there's a startling scripture in Matthew chapter, thir- chapter 3 and verse 16 I want to look at today. When Jesus, and Jesus when he was baptized, he went up straightway out of the water. And the heavens were opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Then in Matthew three seventeen, the Bible says, A voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Everybody say, well pleased. Now here's the point. Jesus hadn't worked any miracles. Not one. Oh, he was teaching the, the scribes and the Pharisees at 12 years of old. And he, and he said, I must be about my father's business. So he knew exactly who he was. But all through his childhood, all through his young adulthood, till the age of about 30 years old, he kept every law. Without exception. That's the reason the father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Are you getting that? He kept the law for you and me because we couldn't do it. Then he took the law that we could not keep, fulfilling it in himself, and then nailed it to the cross. There is no law unless you break one of them. I mean, I've had people get upset at me because I've said I'm not under the law. I'm not. I'm in in grace. I'm not subject to the broken law. Only if I go back under it, like the Galatian church did, and fall from grace. I'm not going to do that by the grace of God, are you? No, of course not. Now... So Jesus kept... All these commandments. Then we go to the Ten Commandments. Everybody say the Ten Commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments, as far as I know, are still in the White House. But the Ten Commandments must be preached because you can't get a person saved until you first get them lost. See, it's not about a decision. It's about you're lost going to hell. Because the Ten Commandments says so. Hmm? Now Jesus kept all those Ten Commandments. 
However, he didn't exactly observe the Sabbath day like they thought he should. What about that ox? Can you take the ox out of the ditch? See? And so he was bringing in a new set of rules. The Lord Jesus shifted the dispensation of period from law unto the grace. Now, is the law, is the Ten Commandments still uh, valid? Yes, for a sinner. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. What about a Christian? I've been redeemed from the curse of the broken law. Amen. Jesus became a curse for me. For it is written, curses everyone that is hanged on a tree. So he absorbed our curse. What caused the curse was the law. Now what was the purpose of the law? God knew people couldn't keep it. It was to drive them to faith. It was to compel them to accept his grace and his way, not their way. Nevertheless, there were Ten Commandments, and that's what a lot of the church focuses on, the Ten Commandments. You cannot preach the Ten Commandments all the time without preaching the rest of the full gospel. Amen. Everybody knows that they've broken one of them, and the Bible plainly tells us if you break one of those Ten Commandments, you're guilty of all the penalties, death, and lake of fire. So what are we going to do? Can you keep them all? Jesus was the only one that could keep them. Which he did. Now those handwriting and ordinances was the Ten Commandments also. Jesus nailed that to the cross. And he left it there. Praise God. For those that are in Christ. Now, Jesus mentioned in the New Testament here, if we go to Galatians chapter 4, when you study about Jesus' teachings, the Son of God's teachings... I want you to keep in mind, he was under the law. Grace didn't start. <clears throat> there was a transition period from the law of Moses into grace. Jesus was the transitioning one. And so, grace and truth came by Jesus, that is true. But it wasn't totally set in motion until the day of Pentecost. When the church age started. Now, Jesus mentioned nine of the Ten Commandments. When you study the Gospels, you will find that he didn't really emphasize the Sabbath. They said he broke the Sabbath. See? But he was the Lord of the Sabbath. Our Sabbath is Jesus. He is our Sabbath. He is our rest. The, the old Jewish Sabbath was a day of rest, not necessarily a day of worship. I'm not a Jew. Therefore, even if the Sabbath day was reinstated, I'm not subject to it because I'm a Gentile. Hello, somebody. Now, here's the thing. Jesus didn't reinstate the Sabbath day. I'm trying to get some reaction here. Could you show me one place where he said keep the Sabbath day? 
The, the apostles switched the Sabbath day to the Lord's day, and Sunday, the Lord's day, became a day of worship, not a day of rest. How many understands that? Now, if you want to lay around on Saturday, go ahead, but it won't save you. And don't think you're keeping the law of Moses, because nobody can keep the law and be saved. We're not justified by keeping the law. We're justified by faith. Faith in what? Faith in what Jesus did for us. He kept the law for us. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't have common sense. You know. We're not supposed to be going around lying and cheating and breaking all these commandments. If you're a child of God, you, you don't want to do that. See? You don't live under those commandments. Those commandments are under your feet. You've been redeemed to walk in newness of life. Not in the oldness of the letter. That's the law. Now, Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 tells us this. Hallelujah. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, what? Made under the law. Now there it is. Jesus was in the, in the dispensation of law. He kept the law, quote unquote, the father said, I'm pleased with that. Amen. Then he was filled with the Holy Ghost because he had no sin and he kept the law. God has legalities to work through. No one could be filled with the Holy Ghost without measure until he kept the law. They all had a portion of the anointing that were prophets, priests, and kings. But not like Jesus. Jesus kept the law, had no sin, and therefore God could legally Fill him with the Holy Ghost without measure. That happened when he was baptized. And the father said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. And to show you all how I'm well pleased, here comes the anointing of the Holy Ghost without measure. Then he went out and fought the devil for 40 days. Amen. Jesus was made under the law. Why was it so? Because the fifth verse says, to redeem them that were under the law. Amen. That we might receive the adoptions of sons. That's why Jesus fulfilled the law, was for those that were under the law that could not fulfill it themselves. Can I have an amen from somebody? This is elementary teaching. Amen, but we need to remind ourselves what the Son of God has done for us. Amen. Well, what about today? Does the law still apply? It applies to a sinner. When someone says they're a sinner, saying by grace, well, are you in the law of grace? Which one? You cannot be under the law and under grace at the same time. See? The law was a schoolmaster to bring people to Christ. After that, you don't need the schoolmaster, which was the law. It's been fulfilled in Christ, and you're free to walk in newness of life. Amen. Praise the Lord. So there was Ten Commandments then. Jesus never reinstated the Sabbath day. Amen. The, the qualifications to be a church member had nothing to do with keeping the Sabbath day in the book of Acts. So Christ fulfilled those commandments. And then he brings it down to two. Everybody say two. Actually, it's one made up of two. God makes it easy for us. The yoke of bondage is trying to keep the law, and it can't be done. 
There's only one way that God says we're keeping the law. I mean, wants to know what, what that is. I didn't say we were keeping the law to be justified. I'm saying if we do one thing, God reckons we keep it all. Praise God. So it's a positive thing. Do one thing, God says we'll keep it all. Negative, break one thing, you're guilty of all. Which one do you want? I think I'll take the one that says it's all done. Praise God. That is found in Matthew 22. Glory to God. And let's look at verse 35 here. Thank the Lord. So it's brought down then to one great commandment. Hallelujah. And that is. Verse 35 says, Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him. See? Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Now, Jesus was in the law. He was born under the law. Okay. Jesus said to them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and a great commandment. Praise God. Then he goes on to say, And the second is like to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so five of the Old Testament commandments were a relationship to God. The other five, a relationship to people. That's a ten and one. Jesus brings it down to two. Everybody says it's getting easier. Love God. Do you love God? With all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. That means your emotions are moved. Hmm? Your will is what God wants. And all your strength. That means you put some effort into this thing. And the second one, do you love your neighbor as yourself? Now that one, we've got to look at that a little bit. Some neighbors are just not lovable. Hello? My neighbor, she says... Although somebody's putting feet out there in the highway, so my chickens are getting run over. Looking over there across the road at me. I don't have any feed, lady. <laughs> but you've got to love them. Right? Here's the thing about God. He actually loves the unlovable. <laughs> Praise God. Did Jesus love people? That's why they wanted to be around him. He didn't have any rocks to throw, any condemnation. Just the religious crowd he had a problem with. Because they didn't love God. Now, I, I think everyone here, most everyone here, loves God with all your heart. And you do your best to love your neighbors yourself, don't you? You do your best to love your neighbor, don't you? <laughs> I'm not saying you got to like them, but I say you got to love them. A lot of things I don't like about folks, but I have to love them. Amen. Well, you got to love yourself. Now, wait a minute. There's nothing about loving self here. Nothing about loving yourself. Oh, we paint self and powder self and print, you know, take care of self. Nothing about loving yourself. You're supposed to deny yourself. Take up your cross, 
follow Him. Now, one of the aspects of taking up your cross is keeping this commandment. I love God. God knows I love Him. Amen. And the second one is almost like the first, to love your neighbors. <laughs> the reason why God wants us to have this quality is very simple. Verse 40 says, On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Every requirement that God demands is fulfilled in this commandment. For the child of God. The Bible is written to believers. Love God, love your neighbor, you fulfill the law. When you do that, God says, all right, you've kept all 683 commandments. You've kept the 12, 10 commandments. As far as I'm concerned, when you love me and love your neighbor, that's it. That's what we're supposed to do. That's the will of God for everybody. Is to love God with all your heart and your neighbor just like you love yourself. Praise God. You say, well, I don't know. Hey, listen. Have you ever seen uh, in the world, have you ever seen, I hope you have it, but you probably have, a drunk? A slobbering drunk. Don't they love everybody for a while? All the... The drunker they get, the more they love people and they start talking, and oh, I love you and this and that, and we're just friends and this and that. It, it, it's a demented emotion, but it's, it's, it's because of the alcohol. But in the book of Acts, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They said they're drunk. That's because they love everybody. What in the world would happen here? If everybody comes to that door, I don't care if they're wearing overalls or what, whether they're a banker or a plumber, I just don't want to see any glutus maximus cracks. I call that Brother Mooney, all right, so. You know, but, you know, what if they come in the door and all of us, Including myself, Sunday morning I'm usually back here trying to get my thoughts together. But you know, if the majority of people would just throng the visitor, instead of coming up, how are you? What are you doing today? Where do you live? Huh? Hmm? What's the matter with you? You know, you need to put a smile on your face and be friendly. You need to love people. What would happen if we all just flogged them? And just made them feel so welcome, they, were, they just got, you know, didn't know what to do. Think it might work? You don't think it'll work. Well, would it be worth a try? Don't let yourself off the hook now. You've got to love everybody. You've got to love them whenever they, they shun you and, and say, worry dirge about you. You have to love them. You have to love them, and love compels us to forgive them. See, forgiveness is for your benefit, not the one that needs to be forgiven. And the Lord slapped me years ago when I was rejoicing 
a little bit in the wrong frame of mind, in the wrong spirit, so to speak, because, you know, bless God, I forgive them, all right, you know, but they're getting what they deserve. Just because I forgive them doesn't mean you're forgiving them, God. And I was rejoicing because God hadn't forgiven them. And they're going to get it. Well, what if God forgives them? Then I've got all worked up for nothing. I know people that carries that kind of a burden and curse when people are their bodies in the grave. They still got it on them. Everybody say, let it go. <laughs> Praise God. If I love God and I love people, God says that is the fulfillment of what the prophets were talking about. Praise the Lord. How can we love God? Well, the Holy Ghost is shattered broad in our hearts by the Holy... Uh, the love of God is shattered broad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. You have the Holy Ghost, you love God. And He loves you. Praise God. Now, in the book of Acts and all the writings of the Apostle Paul, he brings in two, two commandments here, or two laws, I should say. Jesus spoke of the one great commandment, and we, we understand this, right? This is what the Lord, how the Lord wants us to live. And if we're a child of God and have the Holy Spirit, we can live that way without a struggle. Amen. Then Paul brings in two laws that are in effect today for the Christian. It's found in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. <clears throat> There is now therefore no condemnation of those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, if a person walks after the flesh, that's one law. If a person walks after the Spirit, that's another law. So Paul brings two laws in effect for the New Testament believer. Not even talking about the Ten Commandments. Not even talking about the one great commandment. Because if you're walking after the Spirit, you automatically keep the one great commandment. So he simplifies this and brings it down. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now there's two laws. The law of the Spirit of life that's found in Christ. Versus the law of sin and death. There's the second law that's in effect today. Everybody on this planet is under one or the other law. The law of sin and death, or the law of spirit and life in Christ. I submit to our pure minds, if people are not in Christ, there's only one other law that's working. That's the law of sin and death. When you read this, you can go on down to verse 7. It says, the carnal mind, which is... Um, the law of sin and death is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. It's not subject to the law of the spirit of life. The carnal man, mind cannot operate in the spirit of life. Verse 8 says, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So I must conclude then that Paul is first off talking to Christians. Secondly, a Christian can operate in the law of sin and death. If they do that, that's the carnal mind in operation. And they cannot please God because they're operating in the flesh. That takes a person down and they could lose out with God. 
On the other hand, if we're operating in the spirit of life, we're not subject to the law of sin and death. Paul said the law of the spirit of life in verse 2 has made him free from the law of sin and death. So what's the problem? There is no problem if, if we've been made free from the law of sin and death. But it's conditional. All right. Now here's an example of the law of the spirit of life versus the law of sin and death. The first thing, faith works our belief system. Everybody say it with me. Faith works our belief system. Let's make it personal. Faith works my belief system. That's the law of the spirit of life. The law of sin and death says works equals faith. No, that's, that's flesh. They that have been the flesh cannot please God. Are you listening to me now? When we operate, when faith works our belief system correctly, we will find ourselves focusing on the Lord Jesus. He's the fulfillment of the law for us. Secondly, if we're operating in the spirit of life aspect, the cross is our object of faith. When I say I'm in the faith, that means I keep my focus on the finished work of Jesus, which he did for me, justifying me freely by his grace. The contrast to that is I will perform by laws. Do we realize how many laws are nailed up on most church walls and you've got to line up and perform on those laws in order to be justified? Actually, that's Antichrist. Now, I cannot please God by my performance. I please God by Christ's performance. Now, the next thing, if I will operate in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, it's only found in Christ Jesus, the Holy Ghost will be my power source. Could I have an amen from somebody? The Holy Ghost will be my power source. The other way is self-effort and struggle will be my power source. <laughs> but how many people go to church and they're struggling with self-effort and trying to figure out a way to have victory? There is no way to have victory other than the spirit of life. That law. That law gives us victory. The law of sin and death brings defeat. The end result, the lake of fire. Now, which one do we want? So it really is grace versus law. Now, the end result of a believer walking in the Spirit and, and operating in the Spirit of life, which is the law that Paul talked about, God's law that he talked about, will bring us victory in every area of our life. If we fail to operate that way and switch over into the law of sin and death, then we will suffer defeat under law. This clears mud, isn't it? The problem is today, folks, man wants to deliver himself. I will be my own God. I don't need anybody telling me nothing. That's the attitude, right? 
We need to go back to Romans again and, and verse 8 and look at this. Now you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Now if that be true, then the law of sin and death does not apply, and I've been made free because of the, spirit, the law of the Spirit of life that I live in, which is only found in Christ. The way we know that we have been set free is that we have the Spirit of Christ. If we don't have the Spirit of Christ, we are none of His. All right? So living after flesh is not being led by anything other than the Spirit of God. Let me correct that. Living after the flesh is not being led by the Spirit of God. I'll get my note right. Living after the flesh is not being led by the Spirit of God. Did I get it out, get it out right? That's the flesh. I'll do it my way, like Cain. You know, I'll do it my way. Now, the problem is, in the church, is that we have people living after the flesh and calling it spiritual. Well, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but God calls it flesh. God calls it the law of sin and death. In other words, people living in the flesh, calling it spiritual, and claim to be uh, accepted by God. Now this is really, this is tough. Because a lot of people go to church, and they might even be deceived and thinking they're okay with God. But when you begin to probe, it's by works. No. I'm going to take a guess that three out of four are not going to make it. They go to church. Because of the law of the hearts, the four hearts that Jesus spoke about. It bothers me, something awful. Are these people saved or are they goats? Well, the Lord said you'll know them by their fruit, didn't he? That's the fruit of the Spirit. So now we're living in the life, the spirit of life. That's a law that we live in. So we keep that law. If we keep that law, God says we've fulfilled all of it. Amen. If we walk after the flesh, we're guilty of all of it. Yep. We resurrect the curse. The penalty is death and the lake of fire. I'll tell you what, this thing is very serious. Let's go to Romans chapter 3.28. Romans 3.28, please, and I'm hurrying. And just about through with this part of it. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Being justified freely by His grace. Where is the law? It's fulfilled in Christ. Now, 28, I'll get it right. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Did I get it right? Galatians 3, 28. We conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. If we attack on the deeds of the law and call that faith, we've fallen from grace. You cannot have the spirit of life, law number one, working, and the law of sin and death working, number two, at the same time. They're contrary one to the other. If we have a problem with the law of sin and death, then we're not free. God wants us free from the law of sin and death. The only way to be free from the law of sin and death is to accept and operate in the law of the spirit of life. Paul said that law made him free from the law of sin and death. Amen.
Forget about the 600 and some rules and regulations. The Ten Commandments, Christ took care of it for us. All we've got to do is love God, love our neighbor, and be sure we're led by the Spirit, operating in the law of the Spirit of life. That's it. How many can do that? You must. God leads us no other way. Now in, Revel- in, in, in Romans 5 and verse 1, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Praise God. Christians should have peace with the Father. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the way we have peace. We're justified by faith because we're walking and operating in the, in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Amen. The last scripture tonight is verse 16, and we're doing better. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Now, I want to drill this home. This is the last point, and then we're going to be through. All right? Knowing that our man, a man is not justified by the works of the law. How many will accept that? Amen. Do not allow any religion to tack anything onto you. You're free. By faith of Jesus Christ, even we had believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. Notice it's not our faith. And not by works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. We hope you enjoyed today's message by Zion Word Ministries International. For more information regarding our ministry, please visit us online at zwmi.com. Cause